Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Jerks Podcast. Your boy Lamb here in the host position. Joining me on the other end, the guy that, yo, Justin, what's it been like a month that you've been on? Three weeks. It's been three weeks. Jesus Christ, my guys. Technically only two because you guys missed an episode an entire week when I called came on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Way to throw us under the bus, you piece of sh- Nah. I'm Justin. It's not all me. It's not all me. Justin, TWC, the wrestling classic. If you're not following him on Instagram, you should definitely reevaluate everything that you're doing. What's up, brother, brother? Not much, brother, brother. Just doing the thing. It's been a slow week in wrestling, even though Class of Champions is a Sunday. Does it feel like a slow week? Like I feel like last week so much happened. Like The Sasha Bailey stuff, AEW had a pay-per-view. There was so much to talk about. And this week, it's like, yeah, stuff. Yo, so am I wrong for thinking that this has been the case like the last couple of months and even build up into WrestleMania? Like it's kind of been just dull. Like there's so many times where, you know, either we're texting each other in the group chat or, you know, just like me and Ernie talking. Oh, Ernie's not with us today. He's overseas. He's in Greece. The dude hasn't taken a vacation in years. So he definitely deserves that shit, Justin. I'm so jealous, Greece. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time to go because, like, all the tourists have kind of died out. And it's, like, more like – it's good. It's a good time to go to Greece in September because the weather's still popping, too. So you can you can definitely catch some yeah. uh, some UAV out there. UV rays, UAV. Jesus Christ, a lot of Call of Duty. Uh, yo, so I just feel like talking with Ernie, talking with people that are wrestling fans, it's it's just been dull. And, like, the, the it just creeps up where it's like, oh, shit, there's a pay-per-view on Sunday. I don't – I don't know if it's like I, can't, I like I don't want to say it's because there's obviously been things that had really excited me in the past few weeks. Like, of course, first things first, Sasha Banks being back and being a heel really excites me. But um, but like, no. What happened? Did you lose connection? No, nah, I'm here, bro. Did you fall down? <laughs> no, mine said we lost connection. No, nah, go on. No, like Sasha Banks being back and stuff like that. Like, that's really exciting to me and stuff. Um, but like everything, like I, I don't care about Braun and Seth. I don't really care about like Kofi and Orton's a really good feud, but there's something that's not really got me into it. I don't know. I was gonna say that I, I feel like I'm in, I'm enjoying the Orton Kofi stuff more and more. I think it might be the injection of the revival. It just looks no, cool. I'm enjoying it. It just it could it be better? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean everything can always be better, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I like the I liked what they did on Monday. The sorry on um SmackDown this week where they kind of did the flashback to Kofi doing the 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 crowd spot on Orton again. I was really hoping they would do that, so I'm glad that they did. I, and I thought about that a couple of weeks. I'm like, we should do the same thing if they didn't go back to the Garden anyways, and these two are feuding, and they did, and it was really cool. Um, I just, for a go-home show, maybe? I don't know. Like, if that happened and they had, like, one more interaction backstage or something happened, like, maybe a little bit more. It just seemed like that was it and that was it. Right. I don't know if they thought that it was a big a big moment, but, oh, man. Yo, I'm looking at a photo right now. Uh, oh. When Bray Wyatt showed up after SmackDown and 205 Live was over, there was literally no one in the crowd. Well, that they should have done it before 205 Live. Because I've been to many shows, and it's, it's not a, to discredit 205 Live or anything. I think people should stay and watch them, but a lot of people do leave. Right. Yeah, it does seem like well, a lot of people... the traffic or just get out of there. Like A lot of people leave right after SmackDown. They don't stay for 205. Yeah. 
Man, it's unfortunate because those dudes are pretty, pretty dope, and uh, I love what they're almost, doing, you know? I almost wonder why they don't record it first and just pretend that's live after. Yeah, like, they, they could do that. That's true. Why don't you record it before SmackDown? Yeah. Do you think people get this just for SmackDown? Though, but don't they, they, don't, they, don't they record something before that? Like isn't no, like raw they, raw they do main event. Yo, dude, I have never ever watched an episode of main event. I don't know if I've never watched one, but I like probably watched. I can probably count how many times I have. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't know. It's just something. I just feel like it's too much. You know, it's just a little too much. All right. Uh, anything else from Raw and SmackDown? Because we do have a pay per view we need to to. To review. I, I forgot main event existed until like right now. Oh, to be honest, though, sometimes like it's not one of those shows like you think NXT 205, Raw, SmackDown, pay per view is like main event. What the hell is that? Right. There's probably a lot of hidden gems on there. Yeah, I'm sure there's good wrestling on there, but I I don't know, man. I just think it's too much. You know, there was something we talked about last week's episode, like, and I I feel like this could be a nice little segue into the next uh, the next talking point. But how do you feel about the landscape of wrestling, like how much wrestling is going on, dude? We, you know, we, we calculated about 17 hours during a pay-per-view takeover week, you know? As someone that wants wrestling to somewhat be a full-time job, hopefully one day, a lot. But mm. it's almost as the same as any, like if you're a sports fan and you like more than one sport, same thing. <laughs> you know, like you're a sports analyst. There's a lot of sports on all weekend. It just wrestling doesn't have an off season though. I think that's a hard part. There's a lot of wrestling. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Like if you're a baseball fan, you're it's probably never enough baseball for you and you're watching. Imagine this. your job is that you're a baseball analyst, so you're like a TV show anchor, like you're like you know, like you you have your podcast stuff. Like imagine that's like your full time gig. Like there's a lot of it, but you're okay with it because you're in that bubble, I think. Yeah, that if you're not in the bubble it's a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. I will say though, I will say though that it is it is kind of a detriment that there isn't an off season for wrestling like there is for sports because you know the summer is usually free unless right. you're watching like golf and like I don't know what else happens during the summer the Olympics or something you're free like yeah no yo you know you bring up a good point man like I've always said that there should be a wrestling off season for many many reasons and I think the biggest reason would be number one for the fans I think they'd appreciate it more we'd appreciate it more imagine yeah. if you didn't have wrestling for like three months when they start hyping up like yo here's week one i mean you just look at the whenever a league comes back like some of their highest rated shows or or programming is when you know it's like week one of the nfl it's like the numbers yeah. across the board it's so high it's because like yo finally we that's got like, real football that's like anything like when any show comes back after being off the year after a season's end it's like that first couple of episodes is always bumping exactly and then you get that ability to try to drag more people in again because you have commercials. Now, if you're just on every week and people expect you to be on every week, it's like, it's like I love the Tonight Show, but I don't need to watch it every week. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, yo, not for nothing, you could build, you know, you could maybe build storylines. You could, first of all, I think you'd also recover your 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 entertainers your, your wrestlers i should i can't believe i called them entertainers i'm reading something right now uh yeah. your your wrestlers will get a chance to recover man like you know sometimes guys get hurt justin because or girls get hurt because you're just overworked 
I always think that, you know, I'm like, don't they get scared if they have a big program with a guy like, say, Roman, and he's working every house show that maybe gets hurt at one of these lesser shows, and then you lost your top program? Like, doesn't that stress you out sometimes? And also, um, I will say this, though, they do seem to be giving... I don't know if it's just more noticeable now than it has been in the past. Maybe they've been doing this forever, but they've been giving a lot of people time off these days. Like, when they actually don't have anything for them or something, they, like, I appreciate, like, Carmella's having time off right now. She hasn't really been here for, like, two, three weeks properly. Uh, Peyton Royce had time off when she got married. Yeah, Finn uh, Balor just got time off, too. Finn Balor just got time off. I'm totally, so I'm totally for that, man. I think it's refreshing. I think you relax your body a little bit. I think you could, you know, do... I think one of the big issues, and you know, I, fuck it, let's have this conversation now about the wrestling offseason yeah. because I think another issue, man, is sometimes they get worked so much that they have nothing else other than wrestling. And now I think what you're seeing is more and more of them are doing other shit. Like, yo, um, I think it's called Dead Boy Fitness, Seth Rollins. Like, that shit is blowing up, you know? Like, now he has another lane that, yo, you know what? When I don't want to take bumps Seth anymore. Dead Boy Fitness. He has the coffee shop. Right. He has, he has his black and brave wrestling school. Right. He just got engaged to Becky Lynch. Great girl. You know? Just, yeah. you know, it's. I don't think we've talked about that. I think about that. Like, you know, Seamus, I think a lot of wrestlers these days just go above and beyond do other things. Like, they also see um, the uh, advantage of social media and YouTube. And, like, you know, Seamus and the Celtic Boys work you had Xavier Woods in his video game stuff. If Xavier Woods ever got fired or, like, released or left the company, like, there's so much he could do in the video game world. And, like, that, that you know, because he's already networked and made that whole situation. Um, you have all these wrestlers um, making wines and beverages and apparel. Like, Paige does her apparel stuff and her, her makeup stuff. Like, everyone, it seems like a lot of them are doing different things now. Like, they understand that you maybe you're not going to wrestle forever. Like, that's not the only thing you're going to do forever. Um, and I think a big, and, and I know this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but I think a big shout out of that has to also go to, like, the Bella Twins, who, like, literally did wrestling, but also are doing everything else. Yo, not for nothing, man. I feel like they don't get the respect they deserve for their impact. You're right. First of all, the, the cross the cross platform stuff, the cross promotion. I mean, shit, Total Divas is basically because of them, and they're on how many seasons now, you know? like Total and, Divas, Total Bellas, they got their Bella Divici wine or whatever. They got their own podcast. They got their own Birdie B wear. Now they're doing active wear. Like, what are they not doing? You know? <laughs> like, yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's exactly why you should have an off season, and that's exactly why you should maybe let these guys and girls relax a bit because it just – you know, you could venture off and do different things. You could find other avenues. You could just relax too, man. Like just some time off. Like even, yo, even a weekend getaway where I don't need to take bumps for a whole week is just like a tremendous thing for your body to just relax. And then you could come back rejuvenated, re-energized, and who knows what like, can happen from there. I will sacrifice those two paychecks for those two live shows you want me to attend because I'm going to go to, I don't know, Bali or something. Like go do it, man. Like Yeah. Um, and, and let's be honest, like, and this would be maybe be a good segue into talking about Clash of Champions and Raw and everything. But like, when when they go away and stuff, when wrestlers go away and stuff, like, it makes you know when they when it's not due to an injury, when they literally just get time off and they come back, it, it a lot of things don't even really change with them. Maybe their hair color, 
nothing really changes with them, but that that uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know? And that perfect example, Sasha Banks, she took that time off after WrestleMania, and her being back, and her being gone for those, what, two, three, four months, it was, it was like four months, it seemed a lot longer, it was like four months, but doesn't she seem like a whole new person? Didn't she, like, just inject so much energy back in the women's division? Like, it's, it tells you what the time off does, and now we got, like, this great angle with Sasha and like she made Bailey seem more important again she made Becky feel more important again she made Charlotte feel more important again like the division was at a kind of low and now look where we're at yo you, you beat me to it I was trying to get your attention to cut you off but exactly like now the women's division again is like yo this shit is popping again right like Becky versus Charlotte dope Becky uh, sorry uh, Charlotte versus Bailey dope Becky versus Sasha and yo also like for me I was like, damn, yo, I miss Sasha. Like, obviously, I like looking at her because she's fantastic. But, yeah. like, I also miss badass Sasha. Like, we've been clamoring for this for so long where now I finally got it. So I feel you on that. Yeah, and, like, and, and, and I miss Sasha, obviously, because, yeah, she looks good. But, like, she's honestly is one of my favorite people to watch in the ring. She always looks like she's going to kill herself. Her selling is tremendous. She, she looks like she cares and want, tries to wrestle. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just think it's so fascinating, though, man, that we're back to like the four horsewomen again. Wow! Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even put that, make that connection, but yeah, you're right. That's exactly like, what we have right now. Take everybody out. Take the Nikki Bellas out. Take the Ronda Rousey out. Take the Nia Jaxes, the Alexas, kind of out of the picture, and we're back to the four horsewomen. This is the core that made this entire thing really happen. Yeah. 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 No, that's a hell of a point, man. And and they just all. I mean, look, Charlotte and Becky have been crushing it for so long, but. Like, the rest of them just seem more important, like you said. I think the one person that benefited from this the most, if we're going to be honest, is Bailey, though. Because Charlotte's established. Yeah. Becky's the man. Sasha's back with fire. Bailey was, you know, kind of the champion, but kind of in the shadows. And now her association with Sasha again. And I feel like Bailey's entire career on the main roster has been associated with Sasha. Made Lifted Bailey up, you know? Right. She's still my least favorite out of the four. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yo, power rank them. I know Sasha's number one for you. Oh, okay, so Sasha's number one for me. Then Charlotte, just because she's just consistent, man. Yeah. And then Becky and then Bailey. Yeah, for me, man, I would have to say... I would have to say Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Bailey. No, so, fair game. So it seems like Bailey consensus at the... Yeah, like, yo... I, this and is no, and that's true though. Like honestly, like Sasha always gonna be number one for me. Bailey is always gonna be last. Like you can flip flop. Right. Charlotte for me. Um, yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to fall in the trap of like the last like year and change that Becky has had. Because yeah. like yo, like Charlotte has been my favorite for so long. Like if I'm just talking like pure wrestling, and you know she's a great girl too. But just the the wrestling aspect, it's like, yo, uh, she's top five for me. Most talented in the company, male female. Don't worry, and this is the thing, like, everybody makes mistakes, everybody botches, everybody's promos aren't great all the time, right? But consistent, like, Charlotte's consistent. Like, I, I remember being at WrestleMania 34 um, in New Orleans, and it was a great show top to bottom, don't get me wrong, but to be honest with you, Charlotte and Oscar was probably the best wrestling match on that show. Right. And that's what I mean, she's consistent. Like, you, can, if when, it, when push comes to shove, she might give you the best match on the show. And she knows who her character is. She is who she is. She hasn't changed that much in four years, five years, because she doesn't need to. Becky had to go through a whole redevelopment phase to get where she is. 
What's funny with them too, and then I guess we could segue into previewing Clash of Champions, is it seems like Becky and Bailey are bona fide baby faces, and like yeah. Sasha, Charlotte, like they could all do well, both, both but like besides Bailey, besides Bailey, yeah, but like Bailey, Becky is like ideally your baby faces, and then Sasha, Charlotte are just ideally your heels. And then, but then the odd thing is, is that if you were to separate them in crews, it is technically Sasha and Bailey and Becky and Charlotte. Right. So it's so it's it's weird dynamics. Like the baby face, the opposite track there, the opposite track there. And I'm not gonna lie, like I know it just happened a few years ago, and a lot of people hated on it because the title kept like flopping, and it seemed like it was never gonna end. But when it comes down to man, 10, 15 years from now, when they get inducted in the Hall of Fame, they're in, like that Trish Lita, like we really respect them position in their careers and stuff. Right. Like, Charlotte and Sasha have had one of the greatest feuds of all time for women. People won't say it now because it's too fresh and nobody wants to compliment the present. Everyone likes to compliment the past when they look at it with rose-colored glasses. But if you're going to compliment the present, those two have had one of the greatest feuds of all time. Yeah, sometimes we don't... Uh, sometimes we don't... We don't appreciate it because we live in the current. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, 100%. Like, you know... I think it, it. I mean, it took me a while to appreciate John Cena, and no, it was and a lot of John Cena's feuds. I hated a lot of them, but now looking back, I'm like those were like you know, those are important feuds. Yeah, <laughs> if I if I really loved if I really loved Edge's work as a singles guy, well, his running mate was John Cena. No, hundred percent. And then the same shit goes with like, yo, I love CM Punk is my second favorite wrestler ever. Well. John Cena had a lot to do with that too. So it's like we like Randy Orton, Edge, CM Punk, and all these guys as much as we do if we didn't dislike John Cena so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like one time Roddy Piper came out when he made his WCW debut or re debut in nineteen ninety six and Zeke to Hulk Hogan. He's like, Do you think they would have liked you so much if they didn't hate me? So much? And I'm like, well, that's the greatest line ever, because that's so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you need you need someone to be your running mate and to be a yeah. polar opposite of you. That's the only way it works. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to do it a little different this time. I'm going to run through the whole Clash of Champions match card, Justin, and then we'll do uh, – we have some talking points that we'll address as far as, like, you know, match we're most looking forward to and whatnot. Okay, so uh, this is not in order, folks. This is just what the Wikipedia page is showing me. Rollins versus Braun Strowman Universal Championship match. Becky versus Sasha, Raw Women's Championship match. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton, WWE Championship. Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan, no DQ match. Bailey versus Charlotte, SmackDown Women's Champion. Rollins and Braun, double duties, brother, brother. Tag Championship match against Ziggler and Robert Roode. New Day against the Revival, SmackDown Tag Championships. Nakamura versus Miz, IC Champion. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus uh, Mandy Deus. I mean Rose and Sonya Deville for the Raw for the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles. AJ Styles versus Cedric, and then Drew Gulak versus Humberto Gaidio 
and Lince Dorado for the Cruiserweight Championship match. Okay, start us off because I just ran through a lot of things and it seemed like English was hard for me to understand and to read. What is the match you are least looking forward to, Justin? Least looking forward to? I think there's a lot of matches on there I could care less about. Uh-huh. Out of one of the popular matches that are happening that I could care less about is probably Seth and Braun. And once again, Seth is like my favorite male wrestler on the roster out of the current guys. I just, I can't, I'm not into it. I don't know how it's going to go. Braun, I, I don't see Seth losing the title yet. It sucks because Braun should be a, been a champion years ago. I just, I don't know, man. I could, I, I don't know. I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm not saying that, like, I can't wait for Seth and Braun this Sunday. I also can't wait for a lot of those matches on the match. I, I, I you know. A lot of them really stand out to me, but Seth and Braun's one of those where I feel like I should be invested in it, and I'm not. So, man, that's interesting. I didn't. I kind of feel where you're coming from. I do want to see Seth with this dynamic of a big guy like this. I feel like, I mean, Brock, yeah, but Brock is kind of an outlier. Like, I think Braun will bump for him and whatnot. Um, I think that's all going to tie into the tag team title match. Also, like, yeah. you could definitely see like that match coming on first. And then, you know, like, Braun doesn't get a tag from Seth or, you know, the traditional way of how they split up tag teams, you know? Like, Braun goes to clothesline Bobby Roode or Robert Roode and he ducks out the way and he hits Rollins. And then Rollins like, yo, man, what, the, you know, like, we've seen this shit happen all the time. So, yeah. oddly enough, though, oddly enough, though, like, I, I'm looking more forward to the tag match than I am the singles match, though, because I think that's to be a fun match with Roode and, and Ziggler and those two guys like that seems more intriguing to me than just seeing seth and braun right now right and i think that dynamic of the two is is more intriguing as well where i'm looking at i'm i'm looking at the how they're gonna split it up like i think that storyline is more important to me than the universal ah. title okay for me the least important i'm not gonna pick the cruiserweight championship because that's easy i feel like reigns versus rowan to me doesn't do much like I don't know if this is ultimately. I think this is going to gear towards Reigns and Daniel Bryan. I think that's going to be the the climax to whatever this feud interaction is going to be. But I don't know, man. Eric Rowan, like, it just doesn't do it for me. And Reigns, I guess, you know, for for all the heat Reigns gets that he shoved down our throats and whatnot. Well, look at the last like four months of his career. Yeah, it's like he's been completely out the title picture. You can't say that he's being forced down our throats. Where not for nothing, he should be because. He's what top three for them, and, and it's gonna feel important when he does go after the title again. You know, like, oh, Reigns is back after right, right. Oh, like, oh, people are gonna be unhappy about it, right? Like, you know what's coming, like right, exactly. He's established enough that he doesn't need to be in the title picture. He's surprisingly he's already at that point. Like a Charlotte, like a Cena, like an Orton, like they don't need to be there, and it's okay. And it feels important. Like this is a tremendous rub for Eric Rowan. Oh, like, and, I, and that's I'm gonna just be though. I think. This, I'm a little excited for this match because, um, one, they're trying to build a new star. Right. But as someone who's never really got the opportunities, it's always been Luke Harper. I, anytime Rowan's ever been the pitcher, I've always looked at the other person. Luke Harper's the guy. Bray's the guy. Daniel's the guy. Rowan's always been the guy in the back or the sidekick or the guy that gets bossed around. And I think they're trying to build a new star out of him. They have him there. He's a big guy. He has a look. I don't know. Maybe they can try. But I, the reason why I'm looking forward to this is that this might be one of those tests for Rowan, where if he does great in this match, that defines his future. And something about that intrigues me. Like, he's going to try to do really well here. 
because he wants to impress his boss to continue this push. Otherwise, this is a sink or swim thing for Rowan. I do like the idea of creating a new star. I think that's always cool. And I think that's exactly where um, Roman Reigns should be should be right now. Um, yeah. It's a nice little... It's a new dynamic for him. Like, yo, yeah. Like, you know, he put over Buddy Murphy. And I think with Roman Reigns, the cool thing is, is that he's gotten to a point, dude, where if you lose to him but look good, that's just as good. No, 100%. I also think that uh, I also think that um, uh, the I also would have loved this if this was Rowan. But I but I agree with you though. I also do think this is somehow going to lead to Roman versus Brian. Like Brian's still going to be involved somehow. We're going to find out or something. Um, I almost also think that maybe Brian pitched for this. Maybe it was supposed to be Roman and Brian right now, and Brian was like, "Why not go with Rowan?" Because you know Brian doesn't need to really. Brian's also a guy that is established. Like, he doesn't need to be in this angle. He wins nothing if he wins. loses nothing if he loses. He's Daniel Bryan. So why not give it to this guy? You know? Right. Yeah, no, that that definitely that definitely makes sense. I like it, too. I like the idea of someone new coming out of this. But how grateful should we be, though, that Daniel Bryan still isn't retired? Because this last little run that he's had has been great. It has been. I think him... Underappreciated right now because we're in it. We're in the present. It doesn't seem like a lot happened. It's feel like, I think we're underappreciated. But when we look back at this year, I'm like, yo, that was a great run. Like The Kofi, the whole Kofi Mania thing wouldn't have been as big as it was against any, a lot of other people unless it was Daniel Bryan too. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think with him, I think, the, I think you're onto something where we'll look back one day and say, yo, man, that Daniel Bryan as a heel run was kind of underrated. Yeah, after being the super baby face and retiring and coming back. Like, the brilliance behind it, I think, is underappreciated right now. But maybe it is. Maybe people feel the same way and we just don't talk about it enough. But For sure. It's, it's, we're, we're, we should be very grateful that he's, he got to come back. And, you know, his career wasn't over when we thought it was over. And we got this run out of him because it's been tremendous. His acting has made this whole angle a lot better than Roman and Rowan could ever have made it. Right. Okay. Daniel Bryan's acting and slapping people and all that top-notch <laughs> yeah yeah for me the match i'm most excited for uh pivoting into this one is you know it wasn't announced until after monday but yo aj styles versus cedric alexander and i think this this is very telling for one aj styles that anytime he's in a match we always say that this might be the match that's going to steal the show or the match we're most excited for and you know um uh, one of my buddies was sing- sitting ringside at MSG, and he showed me a video of uh, after Raw what happened, and it was like yeah. Stone Cold was in the ring with like uh, the Viking Warriors or Viking Raiders, or whatever. They've changed their names so, to- so many times, yeah. I don't even know. But it was them. It was Cedric. It was Rollins. It was Braun, and then it was like uh, it was the OC Ziggler, Rude, AJ Styles, and you know Stone Cold put him over. He's like, I've been following your career for so many years. 18 years in the business, yada, yada. He's like, I think you're the best guy doing it, whatever. And the crowd's getting behind it. And then they share the beer. And then, of course, that SOB, Stone Cold, stuns them and whatnot. But it's like, he's right. Like, this guy, anytime he's in a match, AJ Styles could steal the show. And that's just what it is with him. And him and Cedric, like, I've always liked Cedric from the time yeah. when, remember the, the CWC where he lost? Yeah, he lost. And then he was able to get Triple H to come out, and the crowd was like, please sign Cedric. Yeah. And then, you know, he gave them the point, like, all right, I'm listening to you guys. I hear you. So 
I'm really looking forward to this from the beginning. And I sound like a broken record for everyone that's been listening to the jerks all these years. It's about damn time. Buddy Murphy, Ali, Cedric, they are in main heavyweight, quote unquote, title feuds. Why not? Well, they should be, man. They should be. And Ali's great. Uh, Murphy's not a secret no more. Cedric's tremendous. And, and it is a testament to AJ Styles, man, that we think that every time, no matter who he's facing, because he is the most crisp, like, video game-like professional wrestler. And he and he's a fun style. He's not, like, a boring wrestler. Like, he can mat wrestle. He can wrestle wrestle. He'll fly around. He does it all. And he can work with just about anybody and tell a good story. And to me, that's, like, the perfectly... Like, that's what a perfect wrestler is. Someone that can wrestle anybody and tell a good story. That's what made Shawn Michaels so great. That's what made Bret Hart so great. That's what made Macho Man so great. Because these are guys that could wrestle anybody and it'd be a great story. Um, I'm excited for that match, too. Uh, they just announced it. And considering the people that they been putting AJ against these past months, guys like Ricochet, guys like Cedric Alexander, um, things that kind of feel fresh, even though, we, yeah, we've seen Cedric and AJ wrestle and Ron stuff. Like, it's fresh. We're not going back to the same feuds that AJ already has. And AJ is in that position. Like, the dude only debuted in WWE in 2016, but he's already in the position where he can start putting other guys over because he's already been in the business for so long people actually think about that rather than not like, they don't just think about his wwe career they think about overall and age is an established star man one of the longest running wwe champions in recent history exactly i mean you couldn't you just drop bars over there I, I can't dispute that and i just think with cedric man like he's awesome you know he's yeah. you know I, the first time i ever discovered cedric was when he did the uh, lumbar check on candice LeRae. you've seen yeah. I've, you've definitely you guys have seen that video where he lumbar checks someone and it ends up being Candice LeRae, and she takes like the wildest bump. And and like the meme that really made it popular was like, um, when 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 uh, your girlfriend or or your significant other tells you she wants to play wrestle, and you take it above and beyond, and it's like you hit her with the lumbar check. I always found that funny. I know I'm weird. I get that, but all right. No, that's funny. That's good stuff. Give me give um, me the match you're most excited for. Obviously, a broken record over here myself, man. Sasha's back. She's going for the belt. She's facing Becky. It has to be done. This show needs to have a point where Becky, I mean, Sasha and Bailey are holding the titles and they're both champs. And this needs to happen. You can't have Sasha come back this hot, do all this stuff, and just lose to Becky. Right. And then, and like, and I've said this a million times on this show. I've said, in the, I used to say it back in the Squared Circle DNA show. I said it on the TWC show. My favorite Becky is when Becky is the underdog. Becky as a champion's cool, but it gets stale really fast. When Becky has to chase the title, it's the best. Remember when she was having the entire feud with Lacey Evans and kept saying, you know what, I'd actually be down for Lacey to win just so Becky can chase the belt again. I obviously don't think Lacey should win, but I just wanted Becky to be chasing the belt again. But if Sasha beats her and Becky's chasing the belt again, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that would also, it, like, it, I'm not saying Becky's stale. I don't think she's stale, but I think that would ignite that fire in her again. Like, you can be the champion to come out there and say you're still motivated and stuff, but I don't believe you because you just seem like a chilling champion. You're just chilling, having tag matches with your boyfriend, having matches. Well, fiance now. Rookie. It's fiance now. My bad. You know, like, you know, facing off against some rookies and tag matches. Like, you seem complacent. You seem, you seem contempt. I want. A fiery Becky back, and the best Becky is when she's chasing the belt. 
And who better than someone that you felt like you were in the show? Because let's be honest, we're looking at the long-term history, like, all the way back to NXT. Like, Becky once played the role of Sasha's sidekick. Becky has always never been to that, you know, when when they talk about that triple threat at WrestleMania 32. Like, everyone was rooting for Charlotte or Sasha. No one was really rooting for Becky. Like, Becky's always been the third horseman, if anything. Like, the one that was behind Sasha. Sasha or Charlotte. Sasha, Charlotte. Sasha, Charlotte. They were the ones. Becky said it about Sasha a couple weeks ago. You're the greatest wrestler to never be great like because that's some of her own old envy that's still in her saying you i'm better than you now ha ha take sasha let sasha take the belt away from becky let becky lose her mind man you're the what was the bar you just said you're the greatest champion that never was greater you're the greatest wrestler that was never great that's what becky said about sasha Oof, that's a low blow that is a low blow all right um, okay, last one. What is the match that you think ultimately can swing your night? Like, how I want to phrase this. A match that you think you're on the fence about being good, but can maybe, I don't want to say steal a show, but just be like, yo, you know what? I kind of like that match. Um, honestly, uh, first things first, I just want to do, I do want to say there has been a lot of shows where the Cruiserweight title match has been the best match on the show, but uh, it just, it's easier on the kickoff and this that. But excluding that, the, it's hard because I, I, I want to say Kofi and Orton. I think that might be the match that steals the show, and I think that might be the match that leaves us kind of like... Because I feel like any point if Kofi loses the belt, okay, but oh my God, Kofi lost the belt. And why does it feel like Orton might be the guy that would just do that? I think the match that I'm most intrigued by i should say is one that kind of ties into the match you just said but new day versus a revival could be pop i was thinking that too that was my other match so i'm like those are two teams that so i had this idea nick let me explain something to you and tell me if this is wrong and this is about these two matches and why i'm excited about this um are the new day the tag champs they are in Orton's, okay, imagine this. Okay, so this is my theory I had, and I talked about this on the TWC show last week. Um, you let Orton beat Kofi, you let the fans get pissed. You let the Revival beat the New Day here, you let the fans be pissed. Orton and the Revival are champions. I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, it was the Usos and the New Day in the Hell in the Cell, and it was a, such a good match. Three on three in the Hell in the Cell, winner takes all. I think it would be a banger. And just have the New Day get their redemption. Wow. That actually is... Man, that's a hell of an idea, bro. And then, you know, like, let, from there, the feud ends, obviously. Yeah, let Randy win the Revival sweep them this pay-per-view. And then go into Hell and Cell 3-on-3. And the New Day say, like, no, this is our ground. We know how to work. And obviously, Warden's like, man, I've been more in Hell and Cells than both the, all three of you idiots, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have there be that competitive feud going into it. Winner takes all. New Day versus the Revival. What is it? R, uh, was it RK? I don't know what they call them. The Super oh, RKO? FTRKO. FTRKO versus the New Day. Hell in the South, 3 on 3. Dude, winner takes all. Man, Dang. that would be a. Yeah, that'd be a dope blow off to something. And something unique, too. Yeah, something different. Yeah. Uh, you know, excuse me, six people back in the South, because we haven't had that since the year 2000. Oh, man, I kind of like that idea a lot, a lot. Yeah. All right, man. Listen, I got I to gotta cut this short a little bit just because I got I got some errands I got to run. I think we ran yeah. through everything that we needed to. Uh, thank you all for listening. 
You can follow me at The Lamb Show on all social media outlets. Justin, plug away. You can follow me at The Wrestling Classic on Instagram, TWC Worldwide on Twitter. And yeah, man, uh, subscribe to the Vibe YouTube channel. Check out the TWC show as well if you get a chance. Also, 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 before we head off, one last thing. How much better does Austin make Raw? Oh, man. Dude, Austin makes everything. I haven't missed an episode of uh, uh, Talking Steve Austin. Yeah. Whatever the show is. Straight up Steve Austin. Yeah. Uh, It's tremendous, man. Like, the guy gets... My friend, who's not a wrestling fan, and and we'll end on this. My buddy Ant went to Raw, and he's like, bro. First of all, he's like, this shit is amazing in person. He's like... No, it always is. He's like, newfound respect. And this is someone who, like... He's like, bro, you're not going to come out on Monday night to watch football. You're going to stay and watch wrestling. Like, he's yeah. one of those. And he's like, bro, this shit is popping in person. Yeah. And and I was like, yo, look, you got to understand. The bar has been set really high for you because you got to see Stone Cold. So don't yeah, expect it to be like that. You want to kick off raw with the glass shattering. Exactly. Exactly. All right, folks. We'll catch you guys next time on The Jerks. Sounds good.